This podcast is brought to you by www.twolinedmusica.com. What's up? This is Wes Hype with another Entertainment Report podcast. <laughs> How you feeling, bro? I'm feeling excellent. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 even that intro is weird for you. Yeah. <laughs> beyond, beyond. So this is episode 100. 100. How long did it take to get to 100 now? Um, We started January... 2018 January until okay. January 2018 and we did it consistent until about I think it was March or April 2018 we stopped for about five months mm. and we got back on it no looking back from there okay okay so just about two and a half years then yep and we finally reach 100. Congratulations. One. Thank you. I wish, I wish this was drink time for you. Yeah. Make some noise. Make some noise. <laughs> I, I can put it in post. <laughs> yeah, we'll put it in post. We'll put it in post. Yeah. So right off the bat, mm-hmm. what made you really decide, say, that you wanted to do this particular uh, podcast here? Well, originally how it started, it was really a one-minute show that mm. we're doing on Instagram. Okay. It was called the Entertainment One Minute Entertainment Report. Mm-hmm. The One Minute Entertainment Report, and it's on Instagram. We still have some of the episodes there. But then I figured after a while, one minute is cool, but you had to chop out so much. What could I do with it? Then we stopped doing it for a while, and that's why we're still at the mall. Okay. Then after we left them all, we definitely had to do something else, and that's where the long-form podcast actually came in. Okay, okay, okay. So let's rewind. Mm -hmm. You said uh, the the mall. Now, as as while we've known each other a very long time, (laughs) so uh, I want to I want to let the people know exactly what what are you talking about with the mall? Um, Malvern Town Center. That's where we were for actually fifteen years. You know what I mean? From two thousand and two till twenty seventeen. Yeah, so would you say that that was uh, the beginning for you at the mall? Um, No, because at that time there, we were actually six years into business already. Wow. So that was actually our second location at that time there. Our first location was Kingston Road and Galloway, or Galloway, right beside the old Sunrise. Okay. So that was where our first location was originally. 2002, we got to the mall, and then I think 2004... We close the Kings Road location. We're strictly over in Malvern. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna rewind even further past that. Okay. Two Line Music Hut located in the Malvern Mall. Now, where did this whole music thing come from? What made you decide to sell music in the first place? Um, really, it was when we, as in Jamaica, in 1995. Yeah, going into '96. There, I used to go check the cassette man every day. Mm. I thought we're in Jamaica, so you figure, hey. Dances keep every day, so they're going to get cassettes every day. And the man said, nah, man, nah, man. Just come <laughs> check me once a week, I'll have it. Checked him, came back now. We're driving to a dance in April. This was April 1st, 1996. Okay. Driving to a dance with some friends, and all I heard was, I'm going to start selling music. <laughs> I looked around. <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> Who said that? Up to okay, today, we don't me. know. <laughs> Clearly, I said, okay. So then from there, it just, things just started to move forward. I made the contact with the same guy I used to check every week. There were some guys downtown, Universal, Touch, JD's in the West. Yeah. Um, a couple JD's. more of them. Yeah. So I would get like 10 cassettes. Mm-hmm. I would bring in 10. They would have other dances, and JDs would have other dances too. So by the time we finish trading, we all have 30 new titles per week. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so that that's when you, you would sell them at a store? At that time there, no. We didn't have... Uh, 
I'm lying. We used to stand outside of Mr. Delicious. That was by Kingston Road and Lawrence. It okay. was a West Indian restaurant. And I mean, stand out there, you sell your cassettes. Have this super little, the smallest thing to play music you could think about. That's what we had. And that's where we really started. And then from there, we learned that, okay, standing here is cool. You'll make your money. No police is bothering you. No anything. You're good. But then the real game is going to come where you could duplicate this, where three, four, five, six, seven places could be selling music and you don't have to be there. That's mm. when distribution started. We had locations, Nices by um, VPN Finch, another place in Regent Park, places in the West, places in Pickering, other places in Scarborough. And I mean, PJs by Pharmacy and Finch, all selling cassettes. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you're, it felt good. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, I came up with this thought, the thought worked, and now we actually, I didn't even know what it was called then, but that was actually scaling the business. Yeah. But I didn't. I didn't. You know, I thought it was just... You just drop off mixtape and make them make them sell. Yeah. Okay, so would you say that that was your very first entrepreneurial type um, venture? Um, No, bro. I started down this road for as long as I could remember. Really? I remember being in grade school, going to the library... Stealing the cassettes. (laughs) 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 But if anybody knows about library tapes, the backs, like at the top, they were, um, they broke the tabs. So then you couldn't record over them. So you had to stuff them with paper. Go home, stuff them with paper, record CKLN or some show off the radio and go back and sell it like I made the paper. (laughs) 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 That's the real how my entrepreneurial that's the starting the beginning of the beginning beginning. i don't know if you know this about me that that, that's similar to my beginning as well we used to there was the um i made the first bootleg cds yeah i got a cd burner and we used to sell a same thing coming from new york yeah so i know exactly what the hustle you're talking about high school high school lockers (laughs) out of the high school locker i had the cds Okay, so it went from, from, from selling the tapes outside of the dances mm-hmm. to then putting them into, into or, sorry, not the dances, you said yeah. outside of the, 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 <laughs> outside of the, the, the West Indian store. Yeah. Then you got the distribution network where you yeah. drop them all off. What was the next step? And then that's where the whole, while all of this is going on, this is where the dance came, came in. I said, okay, you know what? This is cool daytime. We're selling some stuff. And then now we're partying a lot those times. We're partying. Pff, Three to five nights a week. Wow. Yeah. The only people that was in there at that time there was like, there was somebody selling like peanuts, Mm -hmm. walking around. There were people selling pictures, take a picture for $10 and outside you get food. I said, okay, these people are out here selling. There's, there must be something else I could sell. I went downtown one day and I seen this cassette bag. But the special thing was this, it had two levels. This had 30 up here and 30 on the bottom. So to get to the bottom, you flip it over, open it up. You see that right there? (laughs) That's what busts me to this day. Seriously? Yeah, bro. When you're in a dance, they say, okay, I want some hip hop. And you close the top, because it's only reggae at the top, and you flip it over? (laughs) Bro, that alone (laughs) got them convinced. And that, that right there, that bag, is what busts me to this day. Seriously. So how did the whole two-line thing come about? Two-line, it was more or less like, if you know me good, I'm a very inquisitive person. For layman terms, nosy. I just want to know. And I mean, so then it was like, okay, 
How would we distribute these tapes and know if we're in somebody's car, somebody gave us a cassette, how would we know where it came from? Mm -hmm. So I said, okay. Well, something simple, just put two lines in the corner on the label mm -hmm. with a highlighter so everywhere you see this cassette, you'll know, okay. That's where it came from. And that's, that was the real basic nature of how it started. Originally, the name of the business was Two-Line Tapes was the original name of the business. You know what I mean? And then it went from two-line tapes to two-line productions to where we are right now, which is two-line music hut. Understood, understood. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> selling the tapes from from the the uh, first the the store yeah. to going to actual dances, what would you say the biggest differences in learning from being outside of a store to the distribution to going into the dances what would you say the, the what the learning curve or the differences was in that the biggest learning curve was when you're at a dance you're there for two three hours you come you party and everybody else is partying you're drinking and all that so you're part of the entire environment so you're not really working you're just actually making money to party yeah. You understand? <laughs> and then you decided to say, okay, you know what? The next step is now once you open the business now, you go pay your rent or whatever. It's a totally different ballgame. You got to learn. You have to now be here on time. You got to learn customer service. You got to learn to even price yourself right because you're no longer just in the street selling willy-nilly. And all of these stuff here is, remember, this is pre-internet. Yes. There's nobody per se looking like me that I could go and ask to. So then at that time, we made gazillion mistakes, but it's For a sure. learn as you go. What made you decide to go and get a physical location at the mall? It was okay, but before, before we that, even that, yeah, 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 that, I forgot. Before I forgot. we got there, actual, our first place we had was, um, inside of a clothing store called Urban Junction. Okay. That was on the same plaza, Kingston and Galloway there. It was Urban Junction cut above, sunrise on the end, then there was something else in the middle. It was my friend Tracy that actually owned Urban Junction, but okay. it was my sister Philly that approached her and said, hey, my brother sells tapes. How about you giving him a little spot back here to sell tapes? And okay, cool, why not? <laughs> but the thing with it, I didn't, that's what I tell a lot of people about my sister. Her braveness and her just go for it. Yeah. I love it. Cause remember, Tracy is my friend. You know? <laughs> but my sister went to my friend and she my friend said yes to my sister. So then from there is where we really started to learn about business. Tracy, Did you know that? Did you even know that this plan was in place? Carol, we spoke about it. Yeah. Slightly, and then Carolyn came back to me. Okay, Tracy said yes. Okay, this is how we're going to start. It's like okay, Phil, thank you. But Tracy, she's really, you know what? I haven't really spoke about her a lot, but Tracy, she's the one that really taught me a lot about business. Really, and I mean, yeah, either by osmosis or really sitting me down and tell me, say, hey, yeah, this is how it works. Got it. And got I mean, it. So yeah. So how long were you? How long are you at the the um, the clothing store for? Mm. We were probably there for two years. Okay. So a decent amount About of time. About two years, because I know we were there in 99. I know that for sure. So we're there about two years we were there. Had a little corner in the back, two glass cases, yeah. some cassettes, some VHS, and there you go. 
Mm-hmm. And how long before you made a move? Uh, so after two years, mm-hmm. that there the, the, was a direct move to your next location, or was there? Yes, because what had happened was Tracy. I think they had broken to her store a couple of times. Oh wow! And to her, <clears throat> this time Rockaware and all these stuff, they were brand new. Yeah, so yeah. So then yeah. they figure, hey, you got Rockaware, and it's basically in the hood. So they're, ah, this isn't gonna work. Because <laughs> 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 remember, at that time, we're in a different space where. The Rockawares and stuff, they weren't in the Foot Lockers and all of these places No, yet. no, no, you no, I mean? no. And you couldn't order them online, so it's, you got to go to these specialty stores. So she was one of them, Urban okay. Junction. Yeah. But she got broken into probably twice, three times, figured that it's not working, whatever happened. And then she was closed now, and she said, hey, we're closed now. No, it's like, frig, what am I going to do now? So two doors over, right beside Sunrise, there was the empty store that was plumbing. No, it was the barbershop before. So it was a big store. That's at the Kingston Road um, Sunrise? Yeah. Okay, because remember, if there, well, not even remember. If you don't know, on the plaza, there was Sunrise, original Sunrise. Yes. They were at the very end, okay? Right beside them was cut, the original Cut Above, but then Cut Above moved to the unit beside them. So the unit right beside Sunrise was empty. Okay. But what Cut Above had done, they had half of it was hairdresser, half of it was a barber. Barbershop, yeah. Yeah, so then what they did was split it in half. So I said, okay, Frank, thank God. So then what I had to do was close off the front. Mm-hmm. So then the half that was the that was the beauty part, we closed that and we used it as storage. So the half that was the barbershop side, we renovated that and that's what we're using. And still, we couldn't fill it up. Okay. We, weren't ready. we weren't ready for a big story that time. <laughs> we had no clue what was going on. But we had no choice. It's either you're going to... Now that you started distribution, now that you have a location, money's now coming in. Do you go sit down and wait for distribution, or do you continue with location? So you know what? Location. Definitely, That's where everything started. Definitely. Yeah. So second location, how long are you there? That location... Let's say we got to that location in in 2000. I think up to 99, we're still at Urban Junction. Mm-hmm. So we got there 2000. I got to the mall 2002. And I think we closed that store around 2004. Okay. So we're there for about four years. Four years? Yeah. So you had the malls years. running simultaneously yeah. at this location? We had we had them about for about a year to two years. We're running Malvern. And Galloway okay. at the exact same time. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Most so. people, because it's when you met me, you met me, 2004. I think, after. 2004, yeah, 2005. Just closest one. Okay. When we met. That's why you didn't really, you'd hear stories about it. Yeah. But I didn't, you wouldn't know about it. Yeah, it was about four years we had that story for. Okay. Huh? So the mall comes... What's the difference? What's the what's the biggest difference between running the store in, in Galloway, moving down to a full fledged yeah. mall? This is like where the real party starts. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because <laughs> now you're in a mall, and at this time here, 2002 was October. 2002, we got there. Listen, Malvern Town Center was booming. That was people from Brampton. Downtown, you name it, yeah. they were coming to that mall. Yeah. So then now, this is where the real game begins. So when we got there at first, we only had a, a little rinky-dink cart, mm-hmm. a little yellow cart. If anybody <laughs> remembers us from back then, they'll remember this cart. You have to load it up every morning, unpack it every night. It's like, <laughs> the mall closes at 9, by 8.15, you start packing up. Right. 
by 9.15, you're still there packing up to an hour in. You get there in the morning, by 11.30, you're finished on packing an hour and a half later. So wow. we got the cart. So I think probably a year or so, we were there with the cart, and the mall wanted to upgrade. They wanted to get rid of the carts. So they wanted to bring in kiosks. Okay. okay cool. So then, yeah, not a kiosk, no problem. Started looking around for a kiosk, getting quoted crazy prices, 15000 20000 what are we talking about? Again, remember, <laughs> we're still just figuring this out as mm-hmm. you go. You have some money saved, but you don't have the 20000 that they're looking for. So then there was these guys that was in the mall also called Afro Beauty Supplies. They were Africans from Ghana, and they were also, they were selling beauty supplies. So then their store was wicked, wicked wood grain and everything. And I was good with the sons. I said, yo. Do you know where I could get a kiosk? He said, yeah, man, call this guy here, a guy named Keeble. Mm. So Keeble, he's the one now. He came in and said, listen, I could do everything for $10,000. Okay, cool. Again, <laughs> don't have no money. I said, Keeble, man, he was a black man, so I really appreciate it. I said, Keeble, can I give you 4000 now and pay off the rest? Oh, I don't know. I don't know, but... You know what? Since you came through the guys from Afro Beauty, let's do it. Monthly, give me the $1,000 and pay it off. Mm. So then from there, that's how we got our the first, nice. first kiosk. So you, agree, you invented your own credit card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> essentially, you know what I mean? Essentially, it was astounding. Because remember, at that time there, yeah, you're 27. You've been doing business for a while now. But you don't have a real idea of how business works. You know that you bought something for a dollar. Yeah. You sell it back for two. You made a dollar profit. You go back and you do it again. Yeah, rinse yeah, and yeah, yeah. Repeat, rinse and repeat. So we were still learning. And for somebody to say, okay, for this product here, boom, I need $10,000. That was a shock to the system right away. Like, where am I supposed to get this money from? Yeah, 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 yeah. But then we worked. We got it built. When we got it, it was like, i never forget that feeling now. Yeah. Walking in the mall and seeing the big two line and lights and seeing the vision that I had come to life. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah, what yeah. I mean? You're now, remember, you've never seen this before. You've never been to a mall and seen somebody selling music in a kiosk. That's unheard of, bro. Unheard of. And I got it built professionally. Yeah. It was one of the no, best. I, I, rem- I remember you know when it I changed. Mean? I remember when it changed. I remember it was a, it was a big deal. Yeah. So you had a lot of people pass through in, in the years of being at the mall. Who, who were some of the some of the, 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 the notables? Oh, man. Wes, you're doing this to me? Listen, there were certain <laughs> days. I remember a day in particular. Jay Martin was here. Soka Sweetness was here. Newbie from Rebel Tone was here. And this is just one day. And this used to happen <laughs> all day, every day. I mean, you could think about the rappers. You think about DJs. You think about entertainers, both locally and internationally. You talk about athletes. You talk about bad man. You talk about judges. You talk about police. You talk about lawyers. You talk about murders. You talk about everything. <laughs> they will congregate. And the funny thing with it, you would have a judge here, like literally. I remember this lady was a judge here. Yeah. And there was this bad man right here. <laughs> and I'm literally, it's like, what is going on here? Because it, it like, I, I remember back then, it was similar to like a barbershop feel when, when, yes. when you got there. Yeah. And I mean, I remember, I remember just like, if I didn't have anything to do, just pulling up by, by you. And I, all of a sudden it's four hours I've been standing up in the, in, in, in the place by you. And again, you, your witness, you'd know. 
anybody would show up anytime. You'd never know who you're going to meet. Yeah. You know how much relationships were built there? I'm not talking just my relationships and the companies. No. People met people there and built relationships 100%. and did real business. Yeah, that's where I met DJ Loudmouth. Yeah, you see? That's, that's where me and yes. Future the Prince used to do yes. a lot of politicking. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. What about celebrities-wise and, uh, and entertainers? I know you have a whole, I have a wall of pictures. Drop some names, man. Ah, drop some drop names. names, Wes. You're putting me on the spot here. For sure, okay, if I could go backwards, the last set I remember was like Major Hype, White Yachty, I-Octane, um... Oh, man. I remember I met Elaine over there. Elaine, the Merkel Ghosts. Yeah. Uh, man, Wes, it's, you're talking so about many. 15 years <laughs> of people just passing through. You yeah. named the rappers. I'm almost positive. I can't be 100% sure, you know, but I'm almost positive Drake passed through. I'm not 100% sure, you know, it, but I'm almost <laughs> positive. Met him before. It was very, it was, it's very logical yeah. because not only did you have the, the, the CDs, you mm -hmm. also dealt with a lot of the promoters in the city. Yeah. Uh, it was, you're, you're dealing with promoters, you're dealing with DJs. Those are your main two business people that you're dealing with. So it's like, you're seeing everybody from person keeping a little house party to a people keeping the biggest festivals to the biggest shows at ACC and all that stuff. Yeah. That's how wide the gamut actually ran. It was those 15 years in Malvern Town Center, unbelievable. Mm -hmm. So why did you end up leaving? Okay, let's get there. Before we even get there, when I first got to the mall, you would make your rent in one day. Mm -hmm. Like on a Saturday, you'd make your rent. And I'm talking, you'd make a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars easy on a Saturday. Easy. Yeah. yeah. Slow day, thousand. Busy day, fifteen hundred. Okay, cool. One day, so you have 29 days of profit. Okay, cool. This is yeah. going through. So tickets came into play now. So then now you're making, first you're making a bit of money, but then the first real one we got into mm -hmm. was the first person I gave some real money to was DJ Tyrone. Okay. You know I mean, yeah. Girls was, Rush. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you remember. <laughs> He's the first, and this is the first time I'm ever actually telling this story with real numbers. Okay. You know what I mean? He was the first promoter I actually gave $10,000 cash to. Seriously. Yeah, $10,000 cash. <laughs> and this back then, Tyrone dropped me 250 tickets. He said, yo, okay, you're going to sell them and this is what you're going to do. I looked at Tyrone like he was crazy. What am I doing with 250 tickets? <laughs> Listen, you see the couple of days before Girls Rush happened? Sold out. Had to call him again. $10,000 cash. Okay, that's cool. We're making money, making money. But this is time where we're going from CDs yeah. to digital. The only platform that was really around was iTunes. Okay. Spotify wasn't really around no. yet. Apple Music, none of those platforms. So this is the were downloading yet. era, not the streaming yes, era. Yes, yes. So downloading era was cool because with CDs it was good. But what had happened with CDs was as soon as everybody could get a burner, everybody was burning, everybody was selling CDs. But what saved us, we had a brand. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Once you have a brand, and we were purposely more expensive than everybody else too. I purposely did that. Everybody else was for selling for five, we were selling for 10. Mm -hmm. And we were getting because we were giving them quality. You know what I mean? The covers looked different. The CD printing, everything looked different. Business was good. You see, by the time everything came down, yeah, business got 
extremely slow. I'm talking in the last three years, business started to get so slow where you're only making $20 a day. Wow. A day. Wow. You understand? And, and you still have the, the, the transportation for you to get in there and lunch. No, <laughs> $20 a day. And I knew that I had to do something. And this is within, if we left 2017, I yeah. knew from 2014 I wanted to leave. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. It didn't matter how many tickets we were selling or anything. It just wasn't, that wasn't where it was anymore. Yeah. That's not where, I didn't feel good in myself. Even with you, we had a conversation. And this is when you were doing one of your, um, I think it was Africa versus West Indies. Okay. And I said, Wes, you said, okay, you want to add in the, um, in the program? I said, yeah. You said, okay, what do you want it to say? I said, this, this, and this. But I said, instead of saying CDs and DVDs, say music and videos. You see, once that came out of my mouth, yeah. and okay, we're for sure, we're on a down, we're on a downside. Because I used to be proud to say, yeah, I sold yeah, CDs, yeah. I sold DVDs. That was a proud thing. Yeah. But then you see when it started to crush out and everybody's doing it, you're not making no money. How do I change a name and still remain relevant yeah. and seem like it's still cool without it saying CDs and DVDs? Because the minute you say that, isn't it? Oh, you're all technology. Mm. So I knew that was a problem. So then now when we're about to leave, I'll tell you, 2017 was the most we made, no, 2016 was the most we made gross for ticket sales. We did, that year we did over $200,000 wow. ticket sales. Wow. You know I mean, gross. And that's still, I knew, that's still not satisfying the business or my soul or how I feel sitting here. Gotcha. So I knew that's not good. 200,000, that's not gonna, I don't get it twisted for one tenth of a second. Any business making 200,000 yeah. is amazing. But this is gross. So you're, yeah, you're talking yeah, yeah, about yeah. percentages. Mm -hmm. You might take a 5% and then you have expenses on top of that or 10% and you still have expenses on top yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. But the main business was not tickets. Tickets just came after the fact. Understand. So yeah. um, I also remember you doing a lot of mobile stuff back then. Yes, we were doing a lot of festivals. Sometimes we'd be in three places. Carolyn would be at the mall. Nicole would be at a, no, Nicole's at the mall, Carolyn's at a festival, and we're at the next festival. Yeah. You see those times when you could do a three-peat, bruh? Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sweet. I love, I love the thrill of hustle and entrepreneurship and being in the trenches. Yeah, It yeah. makes me feel good, you know what I mean? I like shaking hands, kissing babies, seeing people, talking to them, shaking You're good, no, man, you're good too, all right, you know? Hold this, I haven't seen you for a while. Are you with that? And yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. No, that's I'm, what I like. That I, and, and, and as you say that, I remember coming into the mall and, and feeling that feeling uh, with, I would see how you interact with your customers mm -hmm. and the way your customers loved you. You had different rapport with each yeah. customer. You had, you, you, you knew about them and you, you knew which deals to give them. Yeah. So I think that that went, a, that went a long way in terms of how you felt about being at work back then. For sure, because you, you love, when you love what you do, I love to this day. 2020 right here sitting in this chair. I could tell you, I feel the same way today as I felt April 1st, 1996, when I first started this business. I love what I do. Yeah. Even though back then it was cassettes yeah. and VHS, CDs, DVDs, more 
marketing and stuff right now, but it's still the same passion that was in my heart back then. Mm -hmm. Still, what's in my heart right now? So, did the festivals and stuff like that go kind of the same route as your in the mall location in terms of how the sales went and all that with the with the CDs? Would you say that it, it followed a similar trend to the actual uh, physical brick and mortar mall location? No, no, for sure. It's because you could tell one time when you're going on the road, you're going caravan to go sell CDs, bruh. Yeah. Listen to me. You, if you have. 20 workers, okay? You and 20 people are working, that's still, still not, not enough. enough. <laughs> Listen, that CD game, yeah. when it was peaking, it was crazy. But then you could see gradually year over year, slight decrease, slight decrease, slight decrease, slight decrease. It's what's going on here. And now you know that your every day is decreasing a lot more. So then it's like, yo, Figure it out because at Caravan and these festivals, you're seeing a lot of out of towners, Americans. Yeah. They can't, at first, they couldn't get what you were offering. But then when now the internet came into yeah. play more heavily, then you say, oh, I don't need you. I could find it on YouTube. Yeah. And that's really what it comes down to YouTube. From I started to hear that word, and I mean as in, Older church people tell me about YouTube. <laughs> Something's wrong. Something's wrong. <laughs> Something's wrong. So through all your transactions, through the the outside the, the West Indian store to the dance to uh, the the for your first location to the mall to the Carabana location the festival, what is the most memorable transaction that sticks out in your mind? Most memorable <laughs> transaction. Because I know a whole, a whole bunch of people watch, watching this deal with customer service, and they have a whole bunch of memorable, <laughs> memorable from this day. You know what I mean? People, people are funny. I want to know what is your most memorable transaction through all those years. Oh, <laughs> <wow>. <laughs> Which customer gave you the most trouble? Which time did you almost box down somebody? I want to know. Spill the tea. Bro. Okay, there's no even. Okay, I'll tell you this much. There was this lady, because we used to sell African movies. But again, remember I told you, we purposely made our price more expensive, expensive yeah. than everywhere else. Because for one, we're in a mall, and we're giving you premium quality. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be more expensive. Okay, you get cool. what you pay for. <laughs> there was this lady named Mom. She would come every time. Look. Okay, how much? And then walk away. <laughs> I said, yo, this lady's pissed me off, bro. Look, older lady too, you know, older black lady. Look again. Okay. How much? I just walk away. You see a couple more times, it's like, yo, I'm not even turning around, you know. To the way how the kiosk was set up, you could use certain little corners to yeah. see behind you. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't meant to, but you being around long enough, you know how to make it work. Yeah, yeah. You see her coming out? Not even looking around her. Listen, let me tell you something. One day she decided to buy. You see, after that lady bought, her name is Cindy. I call her Miss Cindy. That lady turned into my best friend ever. For real? Yeah, man. We used to do, she used to do partner and stuff. Mm -hmm. She was, when I was doing partner and stuff, she was my partner lady. Throw some hands with hers and stuff. She was one of my most memorable customers because I could not get along with that. It's like, yo, listen, I don't like this lady, bro. <laughs> I, yeah, but Miss Cindy, she turned out to be one of my best, not only even customers, but I'm talking about best person to talk to. That's funny, I mean? man. Miss Cindy. Yeah, bro. So you leave the mall, mm -hmm. you go into where next? From leaving the mall was when we came to 2017, June 1st, we actually came to this location here. But it wasn't actually this space that we're in, it was across the hall. Okay. It was a lot smaller. 
when we got here, my whole intention was I'm going to start selling music from an office. As weird as that sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Two line yes, but as weird as that sounds, even though you gotta park somewhere, take a ticket and come upstairs in the elevator. Yeah, yeah, as yeah. weird as that sounds, that was the intention when I got here. Yeah. You see the second we walked into the office and I closed that door, I knew right away that wasn't gonna work anymore. Mm. Without even thinking about it, the second I closed the door, this isn't gonna work anymore, brother. I had to figure it out very quickly. What are you gonna do now, bro? You know what I mean? And this yeah. is where the, me being on the internet for so long, excuse me, from the MySpace to MSN, I know how to use the platforms. Mm -hmm. That's how we got into the social media, digital marketing and stuff from there. Because again, as I said, I was like, oh, okay, that's, that, that's not gonna work mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Figure it out. <laughs> and then that's how things started to roll. It was a slow process, Wes. Yeah. And I mean, it was, it was crushing because at that time there, a lot of people stopped believing in us. A lot of the promoters stopped coming around. And I'm talking some people where you'd put some good money in their hand. Yeah. They figure, okay, you're not moving as much units. So, sure, he's finished. You know how I many people told me, don't come to the office. You're crazy. Why are you going to leave all this here? We can't find you no more. This and that, that and this. I said, listen. In my heart, I know I gotta go. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'll figure it out when I get there, but I gotta go. Come here first year, heartache, hard. Second year, we started to get a bit better. It was 2019, it was where I really started to push the gas. I found something mm -hmm. that started to work and I still loved it. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. Mm -hmm. So was a what was the what was the first job, the first video, the first thing that you did that really said, okay, you know what? I've I've kind of turned over a new leaf here. What, what can you can you remember what the turning point was for you? The turning point would be um, as in outside of stop selling music, as in what I'm doing now. Yeah, my first one would be honestly. A major account for me at that yeah. time there was Sunrise Caribbean Restaurant. Huge. I was the one controlling their um, social media marketing. Anything you've seen on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you heard my voice on the radio, all of that, their playlists, everything, I was controlling. And that came about all by accident by a good friend, Max. Mm. I mean, Max came to me when they said, hey, Moss, see what you do on Instagram. I love what you do. Sunrise is looking for somebody to do with some marketing for them. Mm -hmm. Could you do it? <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> yes, I can. Sat down, had the meeting. But again, remember, I knew the owners from how long yep. I was working beside them. Yep. Came around. That was our first big account right there. Okay, okay. You know what I mean? First, first one. And it was a good, it was a good run. I learned a lot from that. Remember, you're now... The CD man, you're taking off your CD man hat yeah. and putting on your mar digital marketing hat because this is what we're doing already because with all of the tickets you're selling, you still have to market it through your social networks so you knew what you're doing. So now I got to just take this right here and transfer it over here. 100%. And that right there, it started to work and it was a good run, bro. Good yeah. run. Whenever people hear it on the radio, was that you on the radio? <laughs> yes, yes, it's me, yes. 
So you're into social media. Is this the same time that you started uh, doing the one-minute uh, reports as well, or was no. that did that come a little bit later? That was the one-minute reports was before we had stopped doing the one-minute reports. Oh, okay. Because once we got here, you know what we did start doing was event reports. Like every week, we tell yes, you whatever. I remember those. <laughs> I remember those. <laughs> yes, whatever the hottest events was in tickets sponsored by Juice Comedy, sponsored by Jay Martin. That was originally. What we came in the car, we stopped doing one minute. And then, really, I remember searching on YouTube. I'm always on YouTube. I like a lot of documentaries on YouTube. Came across this guy, Gary V. When I first seen him, uh, I don't like this guy. This guy is erratic. He's weird. He talks loud. He just seems <laughs> mumbo-jumbo. And I, I, I pull back from things that seem too like this for me. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I say, okay, cool. Months pass. You came to me and said, hey. Check out this guy, Gary V. It sounds familiar. Yeah. You sent it to me at first. I seen who it was. Didn't pay no attention. <laughs> well, I said, yo, did you check it out? No, I didn't check it out yet. Couple days, checked it out. You see, once I checked it out and I really listened to him from a different lens, that's where my life started to completely change. Don't because me. now I understand that, okay, it's cool that you're the CD man. You have... These people know you, but CDs aren't selling anymore. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do now? You have the intellectual property, which is yourself and your business, you know what I mean? But how are you going to take what you have to present it in another way? And Gary Vee's the one that said, podcast. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Podcast. What you need to do first is your media company first, comma, whatsoever. What are you talking about? <laughs> what does that mean? Didn't know. Said podcast, podcast, podcast. Twenty eighteen, just two years ago, podcasts weren't that popular in no. our circle. No. When I told people, hey, starting a podcast, a lot of people ask, what the hell is a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? The other half acted like they knew. I said, okay, cool. And a small percentage say, okay, yeah, that's cool. I've been hearing about that. Yeah, but yeah. this is a real small percentage. Yeah, but yeah. most people had no, no idea, idea what I was talking about. None. You know what I mean? Yeah. And from there, things really started to move forward with even, this is a story I've never told either. I've told, but I've never said the name. I'm prepared to say the name now. Okay. My first guest never showed up. Had him booked. Everything was good. We're back and forth. Hit him earlier in the day. I said, listen, we're recording tonight. Are we still good? No response. And I said, okay, probably busy. I know how he is. Mm -hmm. Came later now, time come. Send me my link again. No response. I said, what the hell is this? Didn't show up. First guess was supposed to be Specs. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? From G987. But again, now, fast forward eight years later, and we had a conversation. He actually was on the show. He called me. And I said, Specs, my door is always open. And that's how he came back. And we yeah, got yeah, yeah. Uh, looking back on it now, I was pissed off with Specs. I said, bro, I'm about to start this program here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was going to tell Specs, hey, hey, listen, this podcast wave, you need to get on it. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. being on the radio is cool, but I see Angela Yee, Charlemagne, and all of these guys, mm -hmm. they have this on the side hustle too, as Americans. Yeah, yeah, Americans yeah. hustle different than Canadians. Definitely. I was going to show them that. Didn't show up. Didn't call. Didn't do anything. It's pissed off. But then I, I thought about it years later. I said, listen, you don't know what the hell he was going through. You don't know if 
his mom might be sick and he doesn't want to talk to nobody. Yeah. Or you don't know if he's just being a dick and just, <laughs> yeah, you're cool. You're the CD man. Yeah, we know you. But this game here now, this is a different game. For you sure. Don't, you don't know if that's what was what is in his mind. So instead of me just being mad about him not showing up, I should have really looked and said, you know what? Why didn't he show up? Yeah. And we talked about a year, like a year and a half later. He was actually the longest guest to get. Yeah, a year I and a half later. Yeah. And that was a good, like, what, talk. four hour episode? He was four hours, but I mean, as in the time length. Yeah. Remember, he was supposed to be number one. This is 2018. We didn't sit down with Specs until winter or fall of 2019. Okay. That's like a year and a half. That's yeah, 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 supposed yeah. to be. You know what I mean? But came through, gave a wicked thing, and Specs is my brother. Mm. You know what I mean? And it's only because. We actually did the episode is why I'm even telling this story. I tell it all the time, yeah. but I leave the name, name out. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Specs, big up Specs. Yeah, man, big up yourself, Specs. I talked to Specs for a good hour. Yeah. I just made a random call. And yeah. Specs, like, the same <laughs> way you did a four-hour podcast with Specs, yeah. I meant to call Specs for 10 minutes. I was on the phone with Specs for like 40 minutes. So That's yeah. Specs for you, bro. <laughs> That's Specs for you. Big up Specs. Because actually, funny enough, we're talking about the same thing. Yeah. About how he needs to be um, on, on this on this internet platform. Yep. Um, so you said that Gary Vee was one of the, the main reasons reasons why you started the podcast mm -hmm. i remember that there was a time you actually met gary also yes yes again <laughs> all courtesy of brother west right here. okay and let me tell you that story here now i seen it was gary came in february they were yes. advertising hasten hustle from december wife asked me hey what do you want for christmas i said you know what i want i want tickets to go see gary v hmm. all right she said okay cool i'll set it up and i said wes I said, I wanted two tickets to go see Gary Vee. I said, okay, I'll set it up. I said, yo, Wes, spoke to my wife. I told her what I wanted for Christmas. I wanted two tickets to go see Gary Vee. Wes said, yeah, hold on, I'll call you back. <laughs> I don't know what you did, how he made it happen. He said, listen, what I got, I got three VIP tickets. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Free of charge, whatever you did to get them, <laughs> let's go. So then it ended up, we ended up going down. It was... You, Tris, and myself that went down. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Had the VIP lunch. No, first, that day we seen some other speakers. Yeah. Then we had lunch. Yes. Lunch was the first place we seen him. If you ever see on Instagram a picture I took with Gary Vee, that was at the lunch, the VIP yep. lunch. That was the tickets got us in there because the other tickets wouldn't get us in there. No. Okay, cool. So then now lunch is over. Where we were sitting at first people took it because it was it wasn't assigned seating it was free seating everybody sits where they want okay people were took our seats we had to find somewhere i remember when i looked over to my right where we we're gonna sit i seen a microphone so there was like a row of seats that we're in two kids are here i'm here i think you're beside me and tris i said okay cool I said okay we're gonna have q a shortly okay cool i said yo watch this all right so then they said okay we're gonna open up, okay, mics are open now. I told those kids, yo, move over. I know you guys aren't going over there, huh? <laughs> so I said, yo, move over. Got up there, I was the second person up there. And I went up there, asked. I said, what, because I knew going there, my whole mission was to meet him and ask my question. That was my whole mission. Yeah. I said, what am I gonna ask this man? What am I gonna ask this man? What am I gonna ask this man? What am I came to me while I was standing up there. Seriously? While I was standing up there, <laughs> came to me. I said, you know what? I said, Gary, 
what's the difference between hustle and investment? Because you know he likes to push hustle, hustle, hustle. Mm. But he likes to tell you he was an early investor in Twitter and all of Facebook and all this stuff is how he made his money. Mm-hmm. So now I don't have the capital as an investor, but I can hustle. You tell me what's the difference and how I can make them work. Mm-hmm. Gave me an answer. I was about to turn around. Yeah. Something again, remember the first thing that came out of nowhere. Hey, I'm going to sell music. Again, <laughs> that came out of nowhere. I was about to leave the mic. Turned around. What came out of my mouth? I said, Gary, could you be on my podcast? What Gary said was, sure, Sheldon, 100% done. I said, what? I remember <laughs> at this time here, this is February 2018. Yes. We started podcasting in January. We only had five episodes at that time. Okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so it was like, it was so exciting that I got him to say yes that I forgot to ask. So how? <laughs> <laughs> so how? What, where? When? How? Would? Who? Yeah, where? Yeah. You know what I mean? But it was there. So then, yeah, I got the yes out of Gary. Even though we're on episode one hundred now and I haven't got him yet, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Because I know if I have to go up to episode. 700 he'll be in there somewhere yeah and i mean yeah i have no problem with that and it didn't the one thing that, that, that i want to commend you for from mm-hmm. you just like you said with specs mm-hmm. that didn't stop you from pushing forward with every episode and specs ended up being episode yeah. 60 whatever yeah and just like he said yes to what would have been episode 10 or, yeah. or what have you we're still here doing episode 100. 100. So there's no one man that really stopped stop this from moving forward. And I want to definitely commend you from that. Again, Thank if you. this was drink chaps, we'd, have to, <laughs> we'd, be, we'd be clapping it up well, right now. Clapping it up. You know what it is, Wes? From as long as I can remember, people are saying, hey, you should be on the radio. We like your voice whatsoever. I've never really bought into that part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, could you make a commercial? Okay, I'll make a commercial. Could be on the radio. So then now, when this podcasting thing comes up, I could have my own independent radio. Yeah. Yeah, sure, okay. Yeah. And we tried radio before on MySpace. Okay. It was originally, you were part of it too, you don't remember lined up radio, bro? I do. <laughs> I got I it, do. you made the graphics. I said lined up radio, okay. I could run a radio station yeah, on MySpace. Yeah. Lined up radio, that never really panned out. So then podcasting is where it went. So then now I found something that I love. Yeah. And I love stories from as a kid. I love people talking to me and telling me your story. And I mean, so it just works. I remember another thing from that time um, when we were there at the Gary Vee thing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm not the most extroverted uh, person. I'm not the most personable person there is. Mm-hmm. I remember being around those individuals. So it was the, the Gary Vee event, the Hasten Hustle event, was a, a business networking yeah. event. Um, There's a lot of speakers on there. And uh, when you brought up the, the lunch that we sat down, we sat down at a table where there were six other people, all yes. different races, yes. all different yeah. backgrounds. And you were engaging with all of them. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm just like, let me just eat this <laughs> white people chicken, yeah, whatever they, yeah, they, they, they had, yeah. right? Would you say that that's always been the person that, that you've been open, or is that something that kind of transitioned in the same time you transitioned out of the mall? Would you always be in a setting like that, comfortable in a setting like that, speaking with those people, or was that something that you were trying brand new? To this day, as I sit in this chair, I'm still not comfortable with Sheldon is not comfortable with that. Muscle. Yeah. You'll go and make it happen. You know uh, what I mean? The real me is really reserved mm-hmm. into my own stuff. 
I like to stay in the corner. I like to play the background. Sheldon. Muscle now. He's the one that will go out. He'll be the one. Muscle, that's why Muscle podcasts. Okay. Sheldon doesn't podcast. <laughs> you understand? And you guys watching, it's go- you guys are going to really have to understand what I mean. Where it's like a character. Yeah. Muscle is a character of Sheldon. Understand. We're still very similar, but there's certain things that Muscle will do that Sheldon will not do. How do you flip that switch from Sheldon to muscle? What do you have? Is, is there something that you say to yourself? Do you have to be in a certain setting? What is that? What does it take to flip that switch? If we're, if it's something that I say to myself, when I know I'm ready, I say, okay, take a breath and say, yo, let's go. From I say, yo, let's go. And yeah. I go like that, I'm ready to go. Whether I was afraid of it two seconds before or I'm not sure, I'm still not sure. Yeah. <sighs> let's go. I'm ready to go. And there's no, I flipped this switch so much over the years that it's now, it's automatic. There's no, there's no one way of turning on or turning off. It's very automatic. But there's a clear, distinct difference between Sheldon and Muscle. And I know it and I feel it. I know when you're speaking to muscle and I know when you're speaking to Sheldon. Fair enough, fair enough. So again, we sit here now at episode 100. What would you say the most memorable, uh, I wanna know the most memorable guest, first of all, and I wanna know the most memorable moment in any interview, second of all. (sighs) This is a question that people's been asking me. Yeah. And let's put it this way, Master T, Mm-hmm. is one of my most cherished podcasts because uh-huh. he took me a year to get. And I mean, Dwayne Morgan, big up Dwayne Morgan. He's the one that actually introduced me to T. Okay. Through a conversation on Instagram. T took, after he made the intro, T took about two weeks to get back to me. Oh, okay, sorry, Sheldon, I was here, whatsoever. I said, okay, when you want me to hit you back to see if we could put it together. I said, okay, give me this time. Checked him. I'm talking like this was February. Mm-hmm. Master T didn't sit in my chair until the following February. February. You know what I mean? Literally <laughs> one year. And what he said to me before he left, he said, listen, the reason it took so long for me to get here is because I needed to make sure that you'll be able to tell my story properly. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because Master T, it's not like he's an artist. Master T isn't a singer or a DJ. He's a VJ. He's another part of a, he's a media person also yeah. just like I'm a media person so now it's media meets media yeah, yeah yeah so are you as good as I am to tell my story and again he said not as a this isn't as a bragging way yeah as anything he just wanted to m- make sure you're good and I understood 100% what he meant Remember, we seen Master T as kids growing up. If you grew up in Canada uh-huh. and you see Master T, for anybody watching, if you don't know who Master T is, Master T is a famous VJ that was on our um, much music that would be the equivalent of the mix. BET and stuff like that, Americans. That was our guy. Okay. You see how they had Big Tigger? Master T was our Big Tigger times 10 because he had a longer run. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. So, yeah, that yeah. was it. So, him, he was my most... That's one of my most cherished episodes because of how long it took and what he said to me. And when I met him, when he walked through the door, it was like I knew Master T forever. And that yeah. was the first time meeting him <laughs> when he walked through that door. Did, did you, um, do you feel at any time when talking with people kind of, um, how do I say it, like 
they watch your interviews, but you've just met them for the first time. Is it a little bit kind of weird how much they might know about you having never even met this person? Uh, yes, I, I would say, you know what? I would have to say so. And that took that took a long time for me to get. I'm not even fully over that. Where yeah. I usually like to meet somebody, at least let's have a conversation before we start yeah. recording. <laughs> but especially like now with the COVID and everything, it's like, yo, you turn on that camera. Hey, okay, I'll muscle your whoever you are. Yeah. Okay, we're going to start recording now. Now, yeah. And I mean, the only advantage or disadvantage with something like that is because I like to say I'm going to do a podcast and you're my guest. Mm-hmm. All right. You have old songs and all this. I'm going to deep dive. I'm almost going to become you for a day or two because I want to understand how you think, what makes you tick, and what's going to get your brain rolling. Mm. When I get you to say, you know what? I've never thought about that before. Or, hmm, that's a good question. Or, you know what? Nobody's ever asked me that. Now I know I did my job. Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's yeah. what I call KPIs, key performance indicators. Okay. You know what I mean? So once you get those, you're smiling. Okay. Did did he ever tell you what it was that um, you did or what video he watched that 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 he said, "Okay, he this guy's did, ready?" He did, you know. He did. He actually the funny thing with it, he said it was actually him and his son that watched him. And okay. it was his son that basically gave the call sign and said, "You know what?" Yeah, and I said, "Whoa." <laughs> and what a lot of people don't understand, we're going to get back to this master T is mm. a lot of people don't understand. I didn't set out to do a video podcast. Mm-mm. I set out to do an audio, audio podcast. podcast yeah. Where it's just, okay, you hear me? You probably, if you know who I am, you see me. But then now, when we transferred from audio to video, which was by episode 25, it went full video, and people see me and send a screenshot, oh, I'm watching it on TV, or something like that, it still feels extremely yeah, weird. Yeah, 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 no, I understand. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. Master T telling me that him and his son is watching and critiquing. That seemed really weird to me, and in not a not because they're doing something weird. It's just I never set out to be on your TV screen. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just it's just really interesting. Yeah. So with Master T now, he he was really he was really the guy that made me understand that okay you're on the right path now. yeah 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 you know what no I mean? but what, I, what what i was asking you was what um did he tell you what video that he watched that okay that, he that was telling the, me the, 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 the cosine it was you don't remember i can't remember <laughs> it was about two or three of them and it's the things that catches catches me are the quotables yeah like he came with some quotables it's like it still feels so weird, bro. I'm still just me, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, I understand. So the most memorable moment in any interview now? The most memorable moment might have to be the major hype, White Yachty, yourself, and Tricks. Yeah. Because going in, I went in blind, as in, I forgot they're comedians. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So comedians, and then comedians get this thing where they become like, it's like a mob mentality. Yeah. <laughs> Once they find one thing to go in, everybody's going in. So as soon as I started that episode there, I gave them the intro, hey, what's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is muscle. As soon as I stopped there, as yeah. soon as I got there, Major yeah. stopped me and said, first things first, 
Why do they call you muscle? This is 30 seconds into the podcast, bro. And it was on like Donkey Kong. <laughs> For the next almost two hours, where it was like a thing where, again, me going in blind, I had to say, yo, Wes, save me, bro. <laughs> You're about to kill me in here yeah, right man. now. You know what I mean? But that was one of my most... that. Fast tracked me and taught me a lot of stuff. As in, you have to remember, people are people. We're cool, you know. And all of this, they're cool. They came to the kiosk many times. We linked many times. But yo, when cameras are on yeah. and it's showtime, buddy, yeah. anything. <laughs> and to this different day, different arena. Yeah, man. To this day, that's one of the biggest podcasts we've ever done. It has over hundred thousand views. You came up with a word astute. People remember <laughs> that. People to this day. People still comment on it to this day. That's good, um, man. That's yeah. good. That's good. Okay. So, what is the next step for first muscle? Okay. Second, the the um, the the two lined um, entertainment report podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I even let me let me revise my question. Not the next step. What do you think the goal will be? I'm brother. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. Things were completely different three months oh, ago. Man. So let's not even normally we would say what's your five year, ten year plan. Right. Let's talk about a year from now, <laughs> two years from now. Where do you really see um, this thing going for for again? First, you yourself personally. Second, where you're taking this podcast? Okay, so let's go with podcast first. Okay, I tell people all the time I don't think that we're gonna really make noise until we reach at least episode 200. Reason being, it's because it's called Entertainment Report Podcast. Mm -hmm. Me personally, I know what works. I know if I just put out this type of content, it's gonna work all the time. This type of entertainment, it's gonna work all the time. But I don't wanna be pigeonholed into one type. That's why you would see, today I would have a pastor. Mm -hmm. Well, I didn't get the pastor yet, but I got an evangelist. I have the evangelist today. And then you'd have like a porn star the other day. And that literally happened the other yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I recorded with the evangelist, like say on the Monday. Yeah. And by the Tuesday, I was recording with a porn star. You understand? And it's that wide. It's from pastors to porn stars and everything in between. So it's not, it's going to take a while for everybody to really understand and see this platform that you're trying to build. Got you. For it to really take shape. So then that's why I think by episode 200, people should have more of an understanding of what's going on now. Because to me, at episode 100, we still didn't, we're still building out the basement. We didn't go anywhere yet. Yeah, yeah. And no, I mean, it's just a nice, cool number to have, 100, <laughs> but it still didn't do anything. Look at Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan's at 1,000 something. Really? Yeah, man. He's like at 15, 16, 1,700. He didn't get his super payday until just the other day. The other way, the other day where I think they're giving him like 150 million or 100, something like that yeah, for yeah, podcasting, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? So then that's for the two lines. So I think two years, in the not even two years, in about the next year and a half, mm-hmm. possibly two, we should be at 200 and we should be really drilling down by then. Where I want it to be where you have a rapper and you'll have a foundation reggae artist and you could speak to them equally without making it seem like 
you don't know what you're saying. If you understand what I mean, it's certain platforms you might go on where they're usually a hip hop platform. Yeah. So once they get this reggae guy now, they don't know what to do. Yeah, your your questions are pretty weird. Why would you ask this? Why would you ask him that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you like jerk chicken? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So are oxtails with an S? You know what I mean? No, I I want to be the platform to be authentic. Whether you're speaking to a rapper, a singer, a politician, a porn star, a pastor, whatsoever, you should be able to speak their language, but you never assimilate. You know what mm. I mean? Not as soon as the rapper came in. Yeah, son. You know what I'm saying, son? <laughs> and then when the reggae, yeah, I'm on. Oh, yeah, I'll go out with my oath. You know what I mean? And then the stripper girl, yeah, man, twerk. Mm-hmm. You, you don't want to assimilate. You might say certain words so they know what you're talking about. Yeah. But you never fully assimilate. Understood. Understood. Yeah. And now for muscle. Muscle. This is where it gets complicated. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Since I was a kid, I've always known that... I was special and I was different. When I was born, I was born with three holes in my heart. I had to have open heart surgery when I was six months old. And I mean, growing up as a kid, I knew I wasn't good at playing sports. I wasn't, didn't have, I couldn't dance. I didn't have that kind of coordination. The only thing I had was music. I knew how to kind of play music. Yeah. So, okay, cool. But I've always had this vision in my mind that I'm sitting down with Oprah, speaking with her about something great that I've done or I'm doing, but I never knew what it is. You know what I mean? Until I actually get there, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but I know that's where I'm going. And I mean, so I don't have a, yeah, so you know, I'm two years of projectory of this. No, I don't have that plan. You yeah. know what I mean? But I know it's gonna happen. Just like how I got here today, Yeah, it's gonna happen sooner or later. I'm gonna, I'm gonna add one more question to that. Mm-hmm. Where does uh, Sheldon fit into the to the equation here? What is your expectation? Same type type of time frame, one year, two years for Sheldon? Because we we didn't flip. Let's not, let's let's say we didn't flip that switch yet. How are Sheldon's goals different from Muscles? Um, when it comes to probably goals and stuff like that, we probably have the same goals. We're different, as in where we differ is how we act on the outside. The thinking is the same, the feeling is the same, and everything. But how we act, what muscle would do, yeah, Sheldon wouldn't do. When gotcha. I was when we first started out, and I was a DJ, and I first had to pick up a mic and start talking to these people, bro, are you crazy? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That was muscle that had to do that. Sheldon would never, in a gazillion years, think of doing it. But then once you put it on and you say, okay, you know what? Let's go. So as in Sheldon was, I got one for you. Mm. I tell people all the time that I cheer for people. All right? I cheer for people hard because I want people to win. The reason why I want people to win, and I explain it this way, even if it's a selfish way, is if you could make it to the mountaintop, Mm -hmm. I know I could potentially make it to the mountaintop. It doesn't mean I'm going to get there, you know. I could potentially. So I'm going to tell you, go, 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 go. Sheldon? is going to make it to the mountaintop because that's where he wants to go. And the reason why I want to go there is because I want to show everybody that's seen me for the past 24 years on the ground, make it. Yeah. For me, see, this guy here could make it. Yeah. Any of us could make it too. This is the same guy. I shook his hand, had conversation. We had advice. I gave him advice. I helped him out. He helped me out. This same guy here, you know, this same guy, he made it. 
I can make it too. That's my real, real, real goal. 100%. Is that I'm going to make it. It's not that I think I want to. I know I am. But it's going to be more of an example that you could do it too. What is what? What do you think your idea of of making it really, really is? Like I know you said about the the Oprah saying you did something great, but just off the top, what 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 would exemplify something great to you? If we look at in very simple terms, let's talk about podcast terms. The day where I no longer have to call you, and you're now calling me, yeah, is when I know okay. You've done something. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times you would have artists might come through. They'll talk to you and deal with you, and they'll deal with you good, you know. Yeah. But you know if I was Breakfast Club? Yeah. That would be a different thing. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. I was Drink Champs, that would be a different thing. If I called certain people and I tell them I'm from Drink Champs, they're coming right away. Yeah. You know what I mean? When I tell them Entertainment Report Podcast... You might get an answer. <laughs> you might not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Definitely. So, yeah. so people coming to you. If you could manifest three guests mm-hmm. for the Entertainment Report podcast, who would they be? Okay. Living or dead? Let's go three living and three dead. Okay. So you want to spice it up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Who I'd really want to speak to is um, Kurt Cobain from um, Nirvana. I'm a big, big fan of um, Nirvana. My favorite song of all times is It Smells Like Teen Spirit. Oh, and yeah? I mean, yeah, rock song. <laughs> I love that song. Bro, that's my favorite song in the world. It Smells Like Teen Spirit. I'd want to sit down with um, with Kurt Cobain. Okay. So, yeah, somebody else that died, I would want to sit down with Michael Jackson. I knew you were going <laughs> to. <laughs> Just to understand... Who he was as a person yeah. outside of the music. Mm-hmm. I don't think nobody ever got to see him as a person. Really? Yeah, like, I'm like very, really see him as a person? Yeah, I'm very infatuated with minds. You know what I mean? I love a beautiful mind. What's in your mind? Tell me what's in your mind. Yeah. And I mean, Michael Jackson is one. And um, honestly, <sighs> third guess would have to be my mom. And I mean, my mom yeah. died when I was 14. Wow. I mean, I'm 45 now, so then that's why. Uh, 31 years ago? 31, yeah. Yeah, there's some questions that I've had. Even the other day, I was talking to my wife. I said, there's some questions that I had. I'd really like to sit down and talk to my mom. Yeah. You know what I mean? From that, so I would say my mom, Michael Jackson, and Kurt Cobain. Those real, some... real weird mix, eh? <laughs> no, man. Mean, that's yeah. a, it's 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 like you said from from uh, the the pastors, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Go across. You have to have yeah. a have a wide range yeah. of of of, of yeah. depth. That that's that seems to be the the um the theme of the podcast, the theme of your your uh, your your thought process, yeah. the theme yeah. of your your life. Really, yeah. not locked into any one one area too too much. Be very open to doing different things and, and, and touching different areas. So the three manifest. Fest. Okay. We're going to manifest okay. these people into the to the podcast. I so talk about this people. all the time. Yeah. All right. First, looking up there, you guys can't see him, but I'll tell you guys here. Uh, Rodney Price. Rodney? Bounty killer. Bro. Never. 
<laughs> you don't listen. If I ever got a chance to sit down with Rodney, I would want to sit down with him for at least three hours. <laughs> the amount of questions I have in my mind. Yeah, Rodney Price number. Well, you know what? Yeah, forget it. Number one, Rodney Price. And for those that don't know, yeah. Bone Ticket. Yeah, Rodney Price. The people that know Bone Ticket. Um, another one really want to sit down and talk to them it's because of what they did and I want to know how they continue to do it hometown hero Drake mm-hmm. 1000% and in a real weird way I didn't get to sit down with Drake but our our piece of the podcast yeah. ended up on Drake's track yes, yes so then that right there told me that okay you might not sit down with him today yeah it might not even be tomorrow yeah but it's very close. Yep. With at those, least at least somebody somebody around there is listening. What I figure with those guys is this. They would talk to us, as in the Canadian media, the Canadian podcast, but they don't want to give us a handout. They want to make sure our numbers are good. Yeah. So they're just coming to put something on top of it. They don't want to just come and put everything there. 100%. They want to make sure, okay, you're doing 50,000 views. Okay, 100,000. Okay, cool. This one will come, you might do 120,000. They just put something on top of it. Yeah. Next person would be, man, Livin. Bounty, Drake, Obama. I want to talk to Obama just to see. I want him to take off the mask of the President Obama, and I really want to speak to him because you've seen the mask fall off a bit here and there. You know he's feisty, he likes to play around. I really want to know what makes him tick behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. As I said, I'm very big into what's in your mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's in your mind? Why did you do it that way? Mind. So those three right there. Okay. Drake, Bounty Killer, and Obama. The, before I, my last podcast episode, Yeah. those three, are gonna be here. Okay, okay, uh, okay. That's uh, what I like, man. So, <clears throat> I want to talk to you a little bit um, about the current state of uh, the way things are. Okay. Let's start with like like we, I said I said a little earlier. It's uh, only been about four months into this uh, pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that word. I know. I I know. We're about four months into it, and life has changed yeah. drastically. One hundred percent. How do you feel about the the for you personally, and just the way things are for between you, the podcast, everything? How do you feel about the way things are in the current climate? Okay, let's talk about how it snuck up and where we are right here. Yes. I remember December, January, hearing about it, cool. You're you're watching the news. Me and Kelly, my wife, were watching the news, and they were refraining from saying pandemic. And we knew that it was a pandemic because of the way how it was spreading across. Uh, Epidemic, epidemic. Okay, cool. Never forget this day, Friday, March 13th. You see, that's the day the world melted. Yeah. And I remember that day because we went and did a podcast with Hood Celebrity at our hotel mm-hmm. and we had to come back mm-hmm. here and do Richie Feeling's Formula of Stone Love. Okay. That was the last one we did before we actually did one last week. So for like three months, we didn't do any. So I know that it snuck up on us. You heard about it, but it really snuck up on us quick. Yeah. And I mean, and it changed, it changed everything, bro. Definitely. And I mean, we were in the middle of getting a bigger space mm-hmm. we were in the middle of opening the podcast as a studio so then we could have a studio right yes, and do what yes, we do it yes. we were selling a lot of tickets there was we were we do a lot of marketing too 85% of what I said to you 
stopped yeah. March 14th. Wow. And I mean, yeah. clients said, okay, um, no, we're okay right now. Podcast rentals, that went out the day because you got a social distance. Mm-hmm. Nobody's partying. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? And everything just melted then. It was, uh, you're either going to swim yeah. or you're going to sink. <laughs> Definitely. It took me. Definitely six days to absorb the punch and realize that you're getting punched before I got up and said, okay, this is the plan. This is how we're going to do it. Yeah, 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 Uh yeah, yeah. No, I understand that totally. I actually even remember um, coming to do, I just started the podcast with you about the TV show and it was a joke one week saying ha 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 <laughs> tweeze just just uh yes. it, was yes. a, it was a fun yes. it was like so far-fetched you know what i mean and then the very next week like, wow this is this is real i had to, I had to retract the statement and say yeah like and um within a couple weeks of that the actual production of the show had mm-hmm. had shut down also and that shut down the whole podcast so it got real very quickly for us extremely very very quickly um Tell me a little bit about what's going on with uh, the the whole Black Lives Matters movement and uh, George Floyd. How has it affected you? How do you feel feel about the whole situation? Um, with me personally, I've been black for the past forty five years. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've had. I was speaking to Walshi uh, Fire about this too. Shout out when, Walshi. Yeah, when we're speaking, I told him on camera, hey, I've never had a bad experience with police. And then I had to think about it. Like, buddy, you have. It's just, you know, it almost becomes like it's normal now. Yeah. And I mean, we've seen Rodney King get beat up on camera. I know friends that got beat up by police. I know friends that police planted stuff on them. So we live this life on a daily. But it's like, now I think this was a real perfect storm. Because I don't know if George Floyd had got killed that same way three months prior, if people might have reacted the same way. Remember, we've seen this person get shot, that person get shot, this person get shot. But again, we've never actually seen it happen in real life where basically we eight minutes we're watching this this guy die slowly for eight minutes i don't think we've ever seen that but i don't know if people would have reacted so strongly because they're locked up it's like buddy i need to get out everything is bothering me so let's go but it's a real bad situation where we're dealing with something that's systematic Mm -hmm. systematic racism isn't something that you get rid of in one day this was built over years and this was delivered. So how do you fix this situation? With systematic, where you're gonna now have a systematic plan in play. Because yeah. that's the only way, fire with fire, you could actually beat this. And it's like, for me to see so many people, other ethnicities involved in the Black Lives Matter movements, whether it's the organization Black Lives Matter or just the term, Black Life Matters, it's been really amazing to see. I've never seen this before. Yeah. Where so many people got involved, young, old, black, white, everybody. They said, nah man, this is this isn't cool anymore. Yeah. I mean yeah. there we have a problem. And now we need to fix this problem now. Not tomorrow, not next week. Yeah. Right now. What do you what do you think that really um looks like in terms of um 
not only fixing the problem with with racism and in, in, in general, but fixing the problems that exist in the in the black community. What what what, what does that look like to you? Oh man, that's a that's a that's a lot. Loaded. You know what I mean? Right? That yeah, that's a lot. But this is this is how I see it, and I've been telling people this for years. We're a fragmented people, as in black people. We're fragmented. We're not all going to be on the same page at the same time, if ever. Mm-hmm. If there's five of us that get it right now, let the five go. Whoever else gets it, they'll catch up later. Yeah. But if we're going to sit down here and wait for everybody to get it at the same time, yeah, we're just going to be sitting here forever. Because... <laughs> How do you repair something that's been done systematically to a group of people over hundreds of years? Yeah. That's a... They've taught you to not like yourself, not trust yourself, give you a name that's not yours, yeah, and then expect you to be okay with it. But then when you have a problem with it, you're the angry black person. Mm. You understand? But that's called systematic. Mm -hmm. That's why it's built in. So even a lot of these stuff we're seeing right now, it's only smoke and mirrors that we're seeing right now where they're going to say, okay, you know what? We're going to do all of this good stuff. But all of that good stuff, if you really look under the hood and really do a deep dive on what they're saying, you're going to say, okay, I could see how they could use this to their advantage later on because they could twist it into saying, oh, I said they're not going to choke all you anymore but only when your life is in danger. Mm. You understand? Yeah, the only yeah, time yeah, you yeah, ever yeah. get choked out is when they feel their life is in danger. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, did yeah. you really change anything? Yeah. Or did you give me these fancy words to make me feel like you changed something? I understand. And yeah. that's... There's so many problems happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think right now, that's the problem. It's like, are we dealing with police brutality? Are we dealing with... I'm going to say it here, even though I could understand where people get mad with it, black-on-black crime. Because if we say black-on-black, we have to say white-on-white, Chinese-on-Chinese, Greece-on-Greece, Italian-on-Italian. We have to say that, too. You know what I mean? But nobody ever says that. But what are we dealing with here now? Police brutality, black-on-black crime, gay lives matter, red-haired people matter, Indian people matter. It's like, as you look, this snowball just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. What are we doing here now? Yeah. What? Who's whose cause is this? I haven't heard George Floyd's name in weeks now. Mm. Weeks because now he was the one that started, but we're onto so many splinter groups right now. Yeah, fighting for this, fighting for that, because everybody figures, hey, black people are getting listened to right now. Let's just throw everything in and see what yeah. happens. Well, I think I think that the that the reason for that is because they're trying to bring the topic of equality up. And once you're talking about equality, it's trying to make everybody equal. But to your point, can we do all of that at the same time? Where do we focus? How how, how do we how do we accomplish this? You focus on one thing at a time. You take care of that situation and then you see, okay, you know what? I could probably apply this to something else. When the Jews had problem, when they were dealing with Hitler and all those stuff there, they had their problem. They found a way to figure it out. So then now they have a term. If you say anything bad against somebody that's Jewish, you're being Mm anti-Semitic. You know what I mean? So then where is our term if you're doing something bad against black people? Not colored people, you know. Black people. Because there's a difference. Not 
when you say colored people, you're not exclusively referring to black people. You know that, right? Yeah, it's no. you're referring to anybody that's not people of color. Yeah, POC. Yes. That's yeah. is the you know what I mean. So it's a that. big difference. So the abbreviation. Yeah. So it's it's a it's it's a problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's it's a lot of things going on. But what I do like is that we're actually trying to somehow come up with some solutions. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whether they put them into play or not, that's cool. But what a lot of people got to understand, this is a system. It took us 100 years to get this. So we're not fighting for our freedom right now, you know. We're fighting for our grandchildren or great-grandchildren freedom where hopefully they reap the benefit of what we're doing today. Yeah. This isn't for us today. Justice and all these stuff, they take long. Mm-hmm. It's not happening today. So I'm going to go back to the manifest uh, uh, thing again. If you can manifest something for your your your, your people, mm-hmm. um, whether it's 50 years, 100 years, 150 years, what does that look like for you? What I would want to manifest is more black youth that look like myself get into more legitimate industries. I'm not here to sit down and say, yo, hustling on the road isn't what you're supposed to do. Yo, hustle, bro. Hustle your face off. But take that same money and that mentality and apply it to something where now you don't have to continue to look over your shoulder. You now have the knowledge and know-how. If you're going to be on the road hustling, that means you took a dollar to somewhere to buy something because you know you can now make $10 off of this thing. It's business. Take the same practices that you're doing there and do more entrepreneur business over here. So then now, when I go to the bank and there's 10 tellers there, or even, not even when I go to the bank, I know it's our bank that I'm going to. You know what I mean? Or it has, or on the side of the building it says, yeah man, or something, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because remember, when you go to the uh, like uh, Asian bank, it has all the Asian writing on the side. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. Mm. When you go to like somewhere, I think it's like they have some other ones where you see they have different kind of writing. Yeah, yeah, where it's yeah, not yeah. it's not English writing on the side. And again, that's good because guess what? They fought for it and they made it that way. Yeah. And I mean, applaud. I applaud you one hundred percent. Yeah. Now it's our turn. As I said, whether it's Yaman or mm-hmm. whatever, something that's synonymous. Yeah. And I mean with. African, black, West Indian people, something yeah. there, yeah. then you know, okay. Yeah, then it's serving our now people. Now we're doing something, yep. right? You know what I mean? Money is power. And it all comes down to finances. Whoever has the most finances wins. Mm-hmm. That's all it comes down to. 100%. 100%. The city has changed a whole lot from when you started back in 1999. Six. So, Six, rather, sorry, to now we're in, in, in 2020. Mm-hmm. You've seen uh, the up-and-coming rappers that were, were, were just doing something on, on a local stage mm-hmm. up to somebody who's now an international uh, celebrity like, like Drake. Now, what do you think that our city is missing what what is that person like we have we so we have a a, a rapper that, that has made it we have some actors and, and such and those sort of things what do you think you would love to see what kind of person would you love to see from our city that really makes that next big impact okay when it comes to impact i think we've made some of the we have made the biggest impact in the last 10 years which is the the drakes the justin bieber's the weekends the party next doors and all of that yeah yeah 
that's from an individual wise. But what a lot of people don't realize with the individuals, they had to leave and go to the states to make it happen. You mm-hmm. understand? Yes. What I would want for Canada is the infrastructure. So nobody no longer has to leave to go make it over there. The internet is around now. I think that helps a bit more, but it's still you need solid infrastructure where you do this, 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 this will equal this. Here's your publicist, here's your this, here's your this, here's your this, and you continue to cycle the acts through this infrastructure here. I think that's the biggest thing. Opposed to an individual, I could say, hey, we didn't have the biggest reggae artist yet. We didn't have the biggest soca artist yet. We didn't have the biggest top 40 yet. Well, we probably did. But that still comes back to infrastructure. Because even if we did, they would probably have to leave and go to wherever they have to go, Jamaica, Trinidad, states, wherever, to go really make it happen. Yeah. So it's really what I wish would be for infrastructure. That it's more, it's more of a pipeline. Yeah, so you're talking about a Toronto artist not having to leave Toronto to be wildly successful. Yeah, yeah. wildly, right across the globe. Yeah, You know what I mean? That would be, that's the next phase because we've now proved, without a doubt, that clearly there's talent in Canada. Because at one time, remember, it seemed like, I'm talking pre-Cardis, pre-Mishis, pre-Maestros, pre-Shockclairs, pre-all of these guys. And I mean, they did it too, you know. But I'm talking that from... Alaska, right back to Florida, that yeah. Drake effect, Yeah, that was next level. And to really, we've proved that we have it. We've proved that we have talent. You know what I mean? Because at one time it was only New York, Atlanta and stuff like that. We proved that we have talent. Mm-hmm. So then now we got to prove that we could actually nurture the talent here and we have the infrastructure to carry them to the highest height from Canada yeah. without yeah. having to leave Canada. It's no longer, it's a choice if you want to leave. It's not a necessity. Yeah. Well, I have to go to LA. Because don't you know LA is the new hotspot where everybody <laughs> goes? When you used to leave Toronto, you used to go to New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you leave Toronto and you go to LA. Yeah. And I mean, no. We stay in Toronto. Yeah. And we make it happen. Yeah, because to your point, with all the the way that the streaming works and the way that the internet works, we really shouldn't have to leave exactly where we are in our backyards. To but we don't have the infrastructure. Yeah. And I mean, we weren't based. Canada isn't a place that's based on entertainment. We're based on you go to work and you go home. You know what I mean? States was based on entertainment, hustling, business and all that. But we weren't, we were not set up that way. Yeah, yeah, totally I mean. understand. Mm-hmm. So from 1996 to 2020 and much, much beyond, I want to thank you so much for being a staple within the city. Thank you. Before I let you go, look into this camera here, man. And I want you to mention, and I'm actually going to put you on the spot kind of okay. with this one, because I want you to, to, to mention anybody that comes to the top of, uh, top of your mind that you want to shout out right now okay. for bringing you to this point. All right. You know what? I got to shout out the 100, the 99 guests that we've had. Definitely. Because every, which one of them, even if there were repeats here and there, you were on about two or three times. Um, Linda was on twice. A couple more people were on twice. White Yadi was on twice also. Major was on twice. Anybody that said yes, I got to big them up. 100%. And you know who I have to big up too? Because this is something I always fight with in myself. I don't know who I work harder for. The people that say yes and believe in me or the people that say no and don't <laughs> believe in me. Yeah. You understand? That's one fight I haven't been able to figure out yet. 
if I work harder for the people that come, I'm one of those kind of guys, I'm competitive, like, whoa. Yeah, I'm one yeah, of those yeah. kind of guys that said, yeah, you don't believe me today? My job is to make you believe. <laughs> My job is to make you regret not believing me. You know I what I mean? That. So I'm still having figured out if I work harder for people that believe or for people that don't believe. That might be bad. You guys tell me, take it from there. So I got to big up everybody. Um, and I got to big up my core circle too, which is my wife. I always, this is an inside joke I tell. I always tell them all the time. I say, listen, if I ever have to go on the run and get rid of people, these are the four people I got to get rid of, okay? My wife, my sister, Wes, and Glenn. <laughs> They've seen me at my best and at my worst, but don't get it twisted. There's so much more of them. There's JR, the shift, and all of us here. But who's caught me doing crazy stuff, good or bad, would be those four right there. And I mean, Glenn always walked in the mall and see me doing foolishness. Wes knows the stories. My wife knows the stories, and my sister knows them too. So I got to definitely big them up. Um, I got to big up everybody that actually feel something in their heart and they go for it and I mean without being feeling afraid ashamed or or like they're not getting no support but they still go for it I gotta big you guys up you guys are the real MVP you know I gotta big up the whole of Canada the whole of US the whole globe for supporting the movement it's been an amazing run and I mean, an amazing run. And we didn't even start yet. We're just getting our feet wet. Think of this as getting your first $100 bill. And money is endless. There's no end to numbers. Wes, is there any, what's the number where I could end the podcast at? There is no number. <laughs> I could go up to 1 billion episodes. Like literally, this is bill, episode 1 billion. Yeah, yeah. And I could yeah. still continue. There's no end. There's no end. There's no end. I'm just happy to be here. Big up you guys. Big up Father God. I got to big up these three sisters. They know who they are. They're always supporting to big them up. And I mean, big up Father God for really protecting me and bringing me and the company to here today. And I mean, I'm 45, Wes. I'm not a little kid. Mm. And I mean, I started when I was 21. I seen a lot. And I mean, I seen some people that were top of top come and run the place wicked and disappear. I've seen some people that could barely scratch and turn into superstars. You understand? Yeah. We've seen it all. Yeah. I've seen you come into the mall with a group of mad people. <laughs> you guys running around. I met you guys, you were. And this guy seems to be the leader, because he seems to be our, the rest of mad people. Okay. I've seen you going from dances, you know what I mean? In little places to now filling up big places for comedy. We're we weren't talking about comedy back then. Just to see those things, that's amazing to me, bro. Yeah. Big up anybody out there hustling, you know what I mean? Keep hustling and thank you guys again for actually watching. This podcast is brought to you by www.twolinedmusica.com.